0: Welcome to the Weekend Wrap-Up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. Christy was on vacation this week, leaving Mark alone during the mornings, but he was able to call in Holly from the More Than Small Talk podcast to discuss introverts and extroverts.
1: And anytime we can get some time with Holly Girth, we're all in. She's one of our favorite people, of course. She is one of the hosts of the More Than Small Talk podcast, along with Susie and Jennifer. She also is going to be part of the KLRC Ladies Night Out coming out this fall. And she's just got lots of really great wisdom and perspective. Thanks so much for hanging out and joining us this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, um, first of all... Thank you, thank you, thank you for writing the Powerful Purpose of Introverts book last summer. Uh, I sat down with, um, I've got two boys. One of them is, I would say, extremely introverted. He's going to score high on the introverted <laughs> side. Uh, his dad's pretty introverted too. So the two of us introverts uh, sat down, grabbed some drinks uh, at our favorite little soda spot and um, over the course of the summer navigated our way through that book. And it was uh-huh. super formative, not just for him. Honestly, it was for me as well to... Two introverts to kind of walk through it together and realize, oh wait a minute, she's right. There are some superpowers <laughs> to this introvert thing. So thank you. It was a, it's it's a gift to have been able to do that. I really appreciate it. Oh, I love that you did
2: that with your son. That makes me so happy to hear. Well, it, it, I hope
1: it's one of those marker experiences for him as much as it was for me. That really kind of sets him free and sets me free too to to really live into. Uh, who God made us to be. I know one of the things that you talk about and you say is that you really do believe that uh, from the very beginning, God intentionally designed introverts and extroverts. It's a, an intentional reality by our creator. How did you come to that conclusion? Because I don't know that a lot of us would even really think about, okay, did, did God really intentionally do this?
2: Yeah, well, when I look at the creation story, it's full of complementary elements. You know, day and night, land and sea, masculine, feminine, and I do really believe introvert and extrovert. About half the population is made up of introverts and half extroverts, so that points to it. But also what makes us introverts and extroverts is biologically wired into us. It's neurotransmitters, the way we engage with our nervous systems, even different brain pathways that Mm we use for processing our culture tends to think, oh, it's just about preference. Do I like small talk or not? <laughs> right. But when I look and say, no, God intentionally biologically designed introverts and extroverts, then I have to say, well, it's on purpose for a purpose for us mm. to have both kinds in our world.
1: That's so good. I'm not an extrovert, so I can't speak for them. I know this as an introvert. Um, there's a lot of things in our culture, maybe even the church world that really celebrates things that are more natural to extroverts. And so it can be really easy to kind of get this inferior, inferiority complex where like, ah, oh, I feel like I should be doing that or acting like that. Or I wish I was more like that, those comparison traps. But um, there's something freeing that can come when we can actually embrace that reality to who we are. You share really openly uh, the journey for you of just what it was like to get struggle with that comparison and kind of come to that place of even just being burnt out of trying to live like somebody you're not. Would you share a little bit of that story with us?
2: Sure. Yes. So we do live in an extrovert dominant culture right now. It was interesting for me to discover that hasn't been true throughout all of history. And it's not true everywhere in the world. Other places, especially in Asia, are more introvert-dominant cultures. Mm. And extroverts struggle with the same kind of insecurities in those cultures. So just a quick side note that I found really fascinating. Yeah. But I, especially as an author and speaker, when that started ramping up, I told myself, I have to become an extrovert. That's the job. And I didn't even question it. And years into that, After saying yes to everything and everyone without really a lot of discernment at times, I did reach the brink of burnout. And I remember at a conference, I was a keynote speaker on a Saturday night and Sunday morning in worship. I just couldn't keep it together. And I felt like God was saying, Holly, it's time to go home. And I knew he meant get on the plane, go home, take a long nap, but also go home to who I created you to be. Hmm. Whatever I am calling you to, I am equipping you for. I designed you to do it. And I learned that I didn't have to be an extrovert for God to use me in the ways he wanted to. Hmm. And I have also seen so many of my fellow introverts discover that same kind of freedom that we love the extroverts in our lives. I'm so thankful for them. Yeah. But as introverts, we are just as needed. We are just as called. We are just as gifted. And the secret is not becoming someone different, but becoming more of who God created us to be.
0: I did not know I was an extrovert till somewhat recently. I always thought I was an introvert because I had such bad social anxiety. But as I got older and started working on my fears and insecurities, I built up my confidence and I was able to overcome a lot of that social anxiety and embrace who I was, an extrovert. In case you don't know, an extrovert is defined as someone who recharges their batteries by being around people, and introverts recharge from being alone. I know for sure I'm an extrovert because I love being around my friends and family. Being around my friends gives me a new sense of life and energy. I get maybe crazy and loud and annoying, and if I'm alone, I just, you know, I get depleted and sad and I don't feel like myself. I love what Holly said about the beauty in our differences, the way introverts and extroverts work together. We need each other, like the world needs male and female, as God created. There's a lot of things like that in this world, where balance is found when the two things work together. And when we work together, we can make a positive difference. Here's a positive difference story from earlier this week.
1: All right, so lots of cool things happened over the weekend celebrating moms, but this might be one of my favorite Mother's Day weekend stories. You see, a nursery director at an Alabama church got quite the unexpected Mother's Day gift. For 15 years, Miss Mason has been working the nursery at Destination Church, and the members decided it was about time they showed their appreciation. They say she's like a baby whisperer. They said they're so grateful for her, the way that she loves on the kids. Since taking the role, Pastor Wayne at the church says she's impacted so many different lives in their little community. She does not have her own children, but they said she's taken care of hundreds of children and babies for the last 15 years just like they're her own. And if church family decided they wanted to do a little something, to show their appreciation so on mother's day weekend in front of a speechless miss mason they surprised her with a brand new car yes put together by the love and support of a really grateful church family and on top of that a member of the church, a donor, gave the finances to bless her with a year's worth of gas as well. She had no words, but one of her friends decided to speak up and said, I've seen the impact and the love of the dedication that she has every single week. I don't know anybody like her, just the love and the consistency that she has. And that's pretty cool. That is our positive difference story of the day today.
0: What's crazy to me is that there are people out there who do this kind of work, who are so dedicated and so selfless, and they aren't celebrated. They aren't rewarded for all that they've done. It's kind of why it's so important to do the good work because we're not doing it for selfish reasons. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do what God wants us to do. It's still really awesome that we get to see her celebrated and others celebrated, but I wonder if I can be like that to do something and never be acknowledged and never be rewarded just because it was the right thing to do. That's what's inspiring me right now. Up next is Mark sharing some revelations he had after listening to Anson and Justin's podcast, Faith Refresh
1: can I encourage you with something that I thought was so good for my soul this week? In fact, we talked about it yesterday with Chaplain Justin. There's a new podcast episode from the Faith Refresh podcast, which is uh, Chaplain Justin, Anson from the drive home. It's on the Real FM app. And they tackled this concept of, okay, what's really the afterlife all about? For a lot of us, me included, for years, I either let a whole bunch of other things like Renaissance art, <laughs> sitcom TV show, who knows what, just begin to kind of flood my mind with, oh, or and, and even just wonder like, okay, is it really going to be just this like, we're just singing for thousands of years? But there's a really good conversation this guy's had after spending a lot of time reading, researching, both of them kind of walk this journey of really diving into what can we actually know about what's to come. And when your soul can feel a little weary, there's a really good practice of doing some holy imagination, some daydreaming about what's to come when all things are made new and made right the way they should be. Here's just a little clip from the Faith
3: Refresh podcast it's on the real fm app there's so many good things to think about that central concept of what would life look like without sin without sickness without death you just take those three things man wouldn't it be amazing if my desires were made whole and i wasn't fighting and wrestling with myself all the time Mm. i desired the good thing i did the good thing all the time yeah (laughs) What freedom. Mm. Like just that one piece of it. Mm. Joni Erickson Tata says this, Somewhere in my broken, paralyzed body is the seed of what I shall become. The image I'll see will be unmistakably me, although a much better, brighter me. She suffered a terrible spine injury and has been confined to a wheelchair, Mm. you know, the bulk of her adult life. And so whenever she anticipates heaven... She is anticipating the resurrection of her body, mm. right? Yeah. She's kind of an, a special example to us, but all of us can have that longing that He is going to make us new inside and out, spiritually and physically. And that's something to look forward to. Mm.
1: That's just a little taste of a really good conversation. It was eye opening for me. Uh, maybe it'll be for you too to realize oh, wait, there's some things I really have never thought about before. Or maybe some things that I have thought about and just absorbed. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's not all actually accurate and true. And I think by the end, you'll do exactly what I was doing. Smile. Because it's so hope-filled we'll share some more of it throughout the morning this morning. But if you want to catch it for yourself, the podcast is called Faith Refresh. It's with Chaplain Justin Anson from The Drive Home Show as well. And it's available on the Real FM app.
0: I haven't listened to that latest episode of the Faith Refresh, but after hearing Mark talk about it, I need to check it out. It's a really great podcast and you can listen to it on the Real FM app at real.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. Now for the bittersweet moments. This week was Isaac's last week at the KLRC studio. We are all happy and excited for him, but of course, sad. He will deeply be missed. Here's a bit from this season's finale of the Battle of Generations.
1: Final episode of the Wednesday game Battle of Generations for this season. Wow. wow. We're going to take a little break for the summer, which we usually do. Which we, and we have some fun games planned for the mm-hmm, summer. Mm-hmm. But this is it. And bittersweet mm. today too. Mm. Uh, so this is Isaac's last day. Today. Last day on the radio. Today. Yes, he has a new adventure. Mm. Going to be still in the area, but doing a new job, which means we won't get to see him on Wednesday mornings. Yeah, which is just wrong and tragic, and all kinds of other words that I have stuck in my head right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, None we can say on the radio. All the sad. It's words. okay though. Yeah, but
1: we are really going to miss you and. um I guess we'll just see how this goes. Christy is joining us this morning. She's on vacation this week, but did not want to miss the final round of the Wednesday game
4: Battle of Generations. Yeah, with Isaac. I, I want to make sure when Isaac's going out that he knows what it feels like to, to get beat.) <laughs>
0: One last time, <laughs> who, amazing. Who won? Last week, amazing. Last week, who was the winner?
4: No, I, I'm just kidding. I do want to say this though, about Isaac, and I. Whenever I heard the news that he's not going to be at Kaler C anymore, he's got an awesome opportunity ahead of him. So we're just all super grateful for that. Thank and you and excited because Isaac's been such a blessing to KLRC but I truly I had to fight back the tears when Mark first told me and then whenever I was telling Isaac we were having the conversation I was just crying I mean just because Isaac you're going to be truly missed thank
5: you that's very sweet of you
4: we adore you and love you here and so I mean, I hate to beat you today on your last day. Right,
5: mm, of course.
4: But but someone has to do it. Right, just, yeah. yeah you're to gonna this. finish that. Right, but it's no, not pla- personal. There's nobody
3: else yeah. I would rather Beauty it. Calls. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to do that's it. That's right. Yeah. It's not
4: personal. Yeah. It's just it's part of the game. Let's leave it on the court. But we're g- we're gonna leave it on the court. Yeah. Okay. So all
1: right, let's see how this goes. Chaplain Justin, by the way, is here too. Good morning. Good morning. He will be here to
5: console the rest of us. who are- He's actually escorting me out too. today. Yes.
3: Yeah, what's happening? He's escorting Isaac out. With a blessing. Yes. With a blessing.
5: Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Let's see how this goes. Uh, First up, Christy, this is a question from the Millennials. Okay. Often referred to as Saturday Night Live for kids, what was the name of the show that saw the start of the now Saturday Night Live cast member, Kenan Thompson?
5: Ooh. Lauren's grinning. She knows this. Lauren instantly knew. Popped up. She knew.
4: Interesting. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, your options are mm-hmm. Sunday morning
1: recorded, all that, or the Amanda Show.
4: Oh my goodness! I've never heard of any of those. Are those all shows? I'm not saying anything.
5: <laughs> We're leaving <laughs> it on the court today. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: it's Isaac's oh. last day. He came yeah, to play. Yeah. You get.
4: <laughs> oh I'm so Man. proud of you, Isaac. See, do you see me being yeah, competitive? All these episodes, all Lauren has time. brought out yeah. the competitive Isaac. We're here. <laughs> finally showed up okay the amanda showed it It feels i don't know it just does not feel right um all that kind of is kind of fun what was the other option
1: sunday morning recorded
4: sunday morning recorded um that's interesting i don't know all that Sunday morning. Record- uh, this is a shot in the dark. I feel like someone's listening right now and they're screaming in the radio the answer. They are. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to say Sunday morning recorded. The correct answer is all that. Oh, all that.
2: Man.
1: Okay. Millennials.
4: It's okay. It's is- our turn. <laughs> <laughs> in the
1: 1993 movie, The Pelican Brief. Julia Roberts stars as...
4: Lauren's <laughs> face right
0: what kind of now. What name is that?
1: <laughs> Julia Roberts stars as a Tulane University law student who under, uncovers a conspiracy, putting herself and others in danger. She teams up with Washington Herald reporter, Greg Anthem, Grantham, excuse me, in order to make her findings known, hopefully before she is the next victim. Who plays her co-star, reporter
5: Gray Grantham. So, when I went to see Blade Runner... There were very few blades, not a lot of running. Are there pelicans in (laughs) the Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's a good question. Yeah, she has a pet pelican in the
4: movie.
5: In her briefcase? No, (laughs) I'm just
4: kidding. There's no pelicans.
5: (laughs) That's extremely disappointing, and my day is ruined. But can I have options? Yes, you can. (laughs) Is it Denzel Washington, Matthew McConaughey,
1: Wesley Snipes, or Tom Cruise? Oh. Wow. All very, solid lineup. yeah. The
5: millennials look stumped on this one, yeah. Pelican Brief that is just, I gotta watch this. It is
4: so funny to me that they don't even know what this is. It's I have true. to watch this after
5: For this morning. Go I was too busy up. watching the flounder lecture.
4: You've heard of John Grisham, right? Yes, he's an author. He's written several
5: books. My the grandparents firm. keep his books in their bathroom, so. Awesome. How I know he's gone. <laughs> Fun
3: facts. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> random. T- some light reading.
4: T M I. T M I.
5: What do you think, Lauren? Uh, Denzel? I like Denzel. Denzel Washington. Denzel. Washington. Is this a shot in the dark? I'm just Denzel. curious, Denzel why Denzel?
4: Washington? Washington? Because now
1: you're reacting this way. <laughs> the correct answer is Denzel. Let's <laughs> go! <laughs>
5: what? He is the pelican brief. Why did you choose Denzel? I like Denzel.
0: If you want to hear the rest of the game and who won, you can listen to the full episode of the Battle of Generations here on the KLRC's On Demand podcast. And as a fitting end to his time here at KLRC, here's Isaac's very last break on air.
5: Here we are. It's Isaac on 90.9 KLRC, wrapping up 10 plus years in this very, very special place. Um, I started as a sophomore in college sophomore it's been long enough that i've kind of forgotten (laughs) mark was my teacher and student advisor at the radio station and uh he was a great teacher by the way he was a great teacher great boss and now i'm counting him as a uh, a good friend who i'm gonna have forever Uh, i can say that for everyone mark and christy anton and kara uh carrie when she was here in the building was incredible robert sean our entire on-air team so great they're the real deal um, our back office staff, Sean, Kelly, Sherry, Holly, uh, Charlie, our radio technician, who I think has been on the air a couple of times, and staff chaplain, Justin. Um, I'm grateful for all of them. Grateful for Jane and her time here. Grateful for Sweet Vonda, who was on our team while I was here. I am full of gratitude. Um, Michael J. Fox was in an interview recently, and he said, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. And if there's one thing that this place has taught me is gratitude over the last 10 years. I've spent my 20s in this building. I cannot believe that I'm turning 30 this year. Started here at 20. That is, that's unique for a workplace, especially, you know, the millennials, I get it. Um, I'm so grateful. And it's only through the gratitude that I've been taught here through these amazing people and all of the work that I've seen God do inside and outside and around this ministry here that I get to leave with that gratitude. Off to a new adventure. This isn't goodbye forever. I'm probably gonna pop in and bug you a little bit at some point. You can't get rid of me that easy, but uh, my prayer for this unique and special team is that they'll continually be guided by God in the way that I know that they are right now and that you will join us in praying for the team and supporting this team as they support us. I'm stepping off the mic and into the audience with you to continue to be ministered by this incredible place. And I'm so excited for that. It's gonna be fun. If you see me out and about Northwest Arkansas, pretty easy to spot, I'm kind of tall. Give me a shout, give me a hug. I'd love to hang out with you for a minute. Um, I'm gonna jump off here before I get really messy. Right now, it's Chris Tomlin, Good Good Father. And if you wanna to go to klrc.com, you can see why this song is so, so special to me. My favorite concert, my favorite live worship experience was held at Circle of Life Hospice in Tawny Town in Springdale, uh, where we sang this song with a very special young man, Titus. I uh, went back and forth on what song to leave you with. I'm gonna go with this one, because it's got so much truth. He is, and always will be, in the highs and the lows, in the mountains and the valleys, A good, good father.
0: It was hard saying goodbye to Isaac. I found out that he was leaving not long after he told the KLRC team, except I was going away for a family trip and wouldn't be back for another 10 days. I was coming back to the studio after he was already gone. So that day when I got the news was the day I had to say goodbye all at the same time. I've been here at KLRC for two years, working in the radio program for my degree at John Brown, and then, of course, interning over the summers and eventually doing work-study. All during this time, Isaac has been my mentor. I worked with him on a lot of projects, learned things, grew in my field, all thanks to him. Good mentors are so important, and I hope that I can be like that to some people down the road. Thanks, Isaac. Speaking of good mentors and teachers, here's Robert from Middays
6: look for one good thing every day. Well, I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and that is the motto of a teacher named Rebecca Peterson out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and her classroom is a math classroom. She teaches high school kids algebra and so much more, and she teaches them about handling life as it comes at you. Look for the good, and that has been a huge inspiration for all of her students over the years, so much so she is this year's National Teacher of the Year, and she goes on to say that uh, she even started viewing herself differently looking for the good. And she says when we're intentional about finding the good, we practice our joy. What if God has a new purpose for you in the next season of your life? Would you be open to it? Well, I'm Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and I was reading about this guy named Dave Bishop, and he lives in Maine. He's retired from a 30-year telecommunications career, but he's not the kind of guy that can just kind of sit around and do nothing, so he ends up getting another job as a custodian in a school in Maine there, and he learns they've got a chess team, and Dave loves chess. So here he is, 61 years old, volunteering his services to teach the elementary and middle middle school kids how to play chess and he coaches them to state championship titles this year that's how influential Dave is and he's teaching these kids that chess mirrors your life if you work hard if you're not discouraged by failure you will be successful
0: I really love those two stories, the teacher who encourages her students to see the good in everything and the custodian who teaches kids chess, modeling hard work and to not be discouraged by failure. I think those are two great mentors right there with such powerful life mottos. See the good in everything, don't be discouraged by failure, and work hard. Here's some more from Robert.
6: So last night, I realized I want to start printing photo albums, just like my parents did when I was a kid. Well, I'm Robert on 90.9KLRC, and we rediscovered an old phone that was in a drawer, and we charged it up, my wife and I, and there's these old pictures of our daughter on there, you know, two years old, three years old, and it was so cute, and of course, my daughter who's almost 16 now is going, why are we doing this? Oh, I can't believe this, but we (laughs) love it, and I don't want these photos to just, stay on an old phone, we gotta get them back out there. So I'm gonna go old school with it. I'm thinking photo albums need to make a comeback.
0: In the digital age, I think we've lost a lot of artistry and appreciation for the physical and tactile. I love to scrapbook actually, and have quite a few scrapbook projects on my to-do list, but I have an aunt who is majorly talented in scrapbooking and crafting with paper and all those kinds of materials. It's just so cool to turn the pages. I think phones are a great tool, but I just love books and paper and the real physical things. I agree, scrapbooks should come back. And sending each other letters and cards while we're at it? Here's Anson and Kara from The Drive Home.
7: As many people know, Pastor Tim Keller uh, was recently diagnosed, I think it's been a couple years now with pancreatic cancer, Mm -hmm. pretty serious diagnosis, and he's been fighting it, undergoing treatments. Um, He's been doing well, recently had to undergo some additional treatments and his wife sent out um, a message over social media just asking people to pray for him um, because it's it's hard on you, you know, on your body and on on your soul, Mm -hmm. I think. I was just reading this quote from an interview with him in 2021, which was about a year after his diagnosis. I thought, man, that's profound. Talking about his optimistic perspective when it comes to facing his own mortality. He said, when some people say, well, when you die, it's just over. There's nothing to be afraid of. My response is, well, what you're saying is that death means the end of love. And you're telling me there's nothing to dread there? He's like, no, I can't. I can't accept that. He says, if I know that there's love on the other side of death, then I can face it. If I know there's infinitely greater love, then I can really face
0: it. We can indeed face anything with God who's with us. It is scary sometimes, at least for me, thinking about death and the afterlife. And that just reminds me even more so that I need to listen to Anson and Justin's episode on heaven over on the Faith Refresh podcast. But here's some more from Anson and Kara.
8: I gotta tell you, I just love these literal cake decorations. Uh-huh. Like, you remember the guy I told you about a couple weeks ago who drew a picture of how he <laughs> wanted his cake to look? Yes. And then he gave it to the bakery, and they basically just took that picture and, and put it on, on top of a cake.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
8: like, wasn't quite what I had in mind. Yeah, but I see. I see where you went with that. Oh
7: my gosh! Well,
8: today, Kara, it's a woman who is ordering a birthday cake for a friend. Oh boy! And of course, she's on the phone with the bakery. They say, "All right, what do you want it to say?" Uh-huh. And she says, uh, "Just happy birthday is perfect." Thank you.
3: Oh, boy.
7: Want to
8: guess what got written on the cake? (laughs) Just happy birthday is perfect. Just happy birthday is perfect. (laughs) Kava, thank you. That's amazing. It's it's a very beautiful cake, too. It's got, like, fruit on it. And whoever did this has beautiful handwriting. I mean, it's beautiful red frosting, script font. Just happy birthday is perfect. Thank you. (laughs) Oh. Oh, boy.
0: It just boggles my mind that a cake decorator heard happy birthday should be perfect thanks and thought that that was what the person wanted on the cake instead of, you know, happy birthday, the normal thing. That's just crazy to me. But hey, if I saw that on my birthday cake, I'd get a good laugh out of it. So it's a fun story. To wrap things up, here's one more story from Kara. It's never a good thing when you're driving down the
7: road and just kind of doing your thing and you see those blue flashy lights in your rear view mirror. yeah. Whoops-a-daisy. That sinking
8: feeling in (sighs) your stomach.
7: Yep. This happened to a guy in Springfield, Colorado recently who was pulled over for speeding. And as the officer walked towards the car, he saw that there was a dog in the front passenger seat. Uh Uh-huh. The clever driver had a great idea at the last minute, which unfortunately... He executed in plain view the approaching officer. I'm just going to switch seats with my dog.
8: <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm
7: going to put the dog in a driver's seat. And that uh-huh. will explain my erratic driving.
8: <laughs> I mean.
7: uh, it's, Yeah. I guess
8: it would explain the erratic driving. Yeah. I would have a whole different set of questions, <laughs> though. I know. Why you allowed your dog to drive you. It
7: feels like the modern day equivalent of my dog ate my homework. Right. It's just like
8: so, so, so much worse. I mean, not super well thought out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just hope there isn't a mugshot of this poor dog out there or he has a ticket or a record now because I'm sure he's a good boy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap-up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.